Hello and welcome to Crane Kick Commentaries. As always, I'm your host, Jake Del Mastro, and as always, I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Keaton Byer. Hello, Keaton. Hello, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. This uh, a, a very uh, special episode we is, got is going. Is it special? Wow. I mean, we had to sit through a really long movie to bring it to you. Yeah, it's, so. a, <laughs> it's special in that capacity, for sure. Um, yeah, we're doing a... Yeah, doing something a little bit different today. Yeah, yeah, we're um, we are uh, we're in the studio together. In the studio, yeah. <laughs> in the studio together. Hey, it's that's it's the studio. It's the studio <laughs> that's yeah, where yeah. it is. We're uh, in the studio together. We've got the we've got the camera here too. Yeah, you can see us for once. Yeah, exactly. You know what we look like. Some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're we're but yeah, we're just gonna do kind of a we're just gonna do our episode today. Yeah, as per usual. So our film this week is uh, it's the Great Escape. The Great Escape. Uh, and uh, it's a long fucking movie. We really have a a penchant for picking picking long, long movies. What was the last movie that we did that was super duper long? Um, goodness, I guess we've done this string of kind of like recently we've done a little bit more like like movies. School of Rock. I think is a regular ass length, and then like you know yeah, totally. What did we do before that? I don't remember. Oh, we did. Uh... We did uh, Princess Bride, which I think is probably like yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I'm. I guess I. I just feel like it feels like we've done a million super. Uh... We've definitely done. Well, we did Barry Lyndon that one time. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, fuck. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um. The. I guess. Yeah. It's a super long film, so I guess should we just get into the summary? Yeah. Uh, part of um, the show. Our five minute summary. Yeah. So that'll be you this time. Uh, doing the summary. It's your uh, turn. Uh. So I would I should I should get my uh, stopwatch get here. Get your get your timer. Yeah. Out. Oh yeah. god. Okay. I like I I watched it so recently that I like. Yeah, you should you should, should be should, fresh. Should still be fresh, right? But I feel like the first half of the movie is like, oh, I don't even know. It's like. Okay, I gotta do this different because usually I'm doing the usually I'm doing the sound here, so usually I can press that, but. I'll, I'll just hold up my uh, phone yeah, to the, yeah, yeah. the mic when it... Uh, for the ring, it... for the ring, yeah. yeah makes sense, right. makes sense. Five minutes. Sorry, one second. Oh, no, five hours. Five hours, huh? Yeah. Classic. What this movie felt like. It did really feel yeah. like a five-hour right. movie. All right, we're going. Sitting, sitting through it. Oh, it started, okay. No, 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 no. Now. Okay, so you've got yourself a bunch of... Does it start in the... Goodness gracious, I didn't even remember how it starts. Point being, there's a bunch of uh, 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 POWs. Yeah, it's at Stalag Luft 3. It starts there. Yeah, exactly, at the POW camp. And you've got basically all these uh, prisoners are kind of amassing, you know, it's the war. Um, and you've kind of got different group of characters, and then you've got the leader. And basically, you've got kind of... Uh, 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 they set up a dynamic between kind of like this the leader of the POWs, who's this, like, you know, British officer, and the, like, leader of the uh, uh, Nazi Luftwaffe camp, POW camp. And he's clearly not super into Hitler, but, like, he's still a Nazi. Yeah. But he's, so, you know, so he's got this kind of, like, it's almost like a playful attitude towards it mm -hmm. where he's, like, you're going to try and escape and I'm mm -hmm. going to catch you. Anyway, point being... Um, then the new guy comes in who's like, apparently this like big guy who's like escaped a bunch. He's like caused a bunch of shit. That's, uh, was his last name Barrett? Is it Roger, B Roger Barrett? Roger? I think it's Richard Attenborough. So it's Richard Attenborough. Exactly. <laughs> um, so he, he arrives and he kind of starts immediately setting up the, like the escape operation. But then we've also got Steve McQueen arriving, um, kind of in his own situation. This might have happened before, but it doesn't really matter the order of these things. It's just kind of the 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 setup. So um, he arrives. He does he immediately go to the cooler. He does yeah. something to immediately he, he go goes to the cooler to, the, to get his baseball. Right, he goes to get his baseball. So the him and the 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 Irish guy is he Irish? No, Scottish. Scottish. Him and the Scottish guy um, kind of team up and they're in the cooler and they're going to escape. So there's kind of two things going. You've got uh, Roger, Richard Attenborough and his crew are kind of together doing their thing. They're going to dig some tunnels. They're going to dig three tunnels. And then you've got Steve McGee. Yeah, and then you got Steve McQueen. 
Um, so then basically from here, there's just a lot of action in the POW camp where people are like digging tunnels. I could describe to you every character, but it'll take me whoa, far too long. So basically what happens is they're going to make an escape, but then they discover one of the tunnels. So they have to switch tunnels, which is a real bummer. Uh, one guy almost snaps. It doesn't go well, but then they, they bring him back. But then there's more tunnels. They go through the, they're about to go through the last tunnels, the night of the escape. Oh, I forgot to mention the You're Scottish. Oh, I'm halfway. Yeah, loads of time. you're going fast. I've got loads of time. So the Scottish guy, after basically the, 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 they find the first tunnel and, it, and it, it, they, they shut it down. Yeah. He, he loses his mind because he's tried to escape far too many, far too many times for his, uh, for his well-being. And he, um, he tries to scale the fence and he gets killed. So this kind of switches something in Steve McQueen. So he escapes... Because uh, Roger asked him prior if he would escape, get a bunch of intel about like the local area, mm -hmm. and then come back uh, and give it to them. He was not down because that's crazy. Um, but then after the Scottish guy died, he was like, okay, I'm going to do this for you. So he does it. He escapes, cuts through the wire, runs off, comes back. They plan everything. So it's the day of the escape. They're going through the tunnel. Everything's going well. It's like all super organized. Everybody's got their their civilian or stuff or whatever. Civilian calls, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they're going through the tunnel. And then, uh-oh, um, they pop, Steve McQueen pops the tunnel and he's fucking 20 feet short of the fucking tree line, which <laughs> is uh, a real fucking bummer. Disaster. Um, so then they have to do this whole uh, intense operation. So then essentially uh, 75 people get out. Uh, they eventually pretty much all get tracked down. Um, one of them gets killed while they're in the process of getting tracked down, but then the uh, SS uh, fucking uh, rounds up the fifty that uh, fifty together and fucking executes them because they're the Nazis. And then um, what else? Then yeah, basically everyone. Then the Steve McQueen comes back. He goes in the cooler. That's the end of the movie. I'm trying to remember if I've forgotten anything important here. Um, yeah. 11 people survived. Three people escaped. The yes. Polish guy and his friend got away on the boat. And then the Australian got away via the French resistance. Yeah. And then... Spain. Uh, yeah, through into Spain. Uh, but yeah, so that was... That was... Uh, they got into a Swiss ship, it looked like. Um, but yeah. How much time do Ten I have? 10 seconds. Oh, well, that's it. I Yeah, that's... Uh, they read the names of all the deceased. I don't know. It's very sad. It gets it's very, very dark. sad. Yeah. It, it gets it gets very dark. But all right, that's it. That, cool. Time's up. Cool. So yeah, uh, what else is there that kind of? I think that's pretty good. I mean, Those maybe we the... should have mentioned right off the bat. This is World War Two. <laughs> you haven't got that. World War Two. Yeah, I forgot um, to mention. But uh, yeah, so uh, there was that whole bit with like uh, the SS uh because like i mean the whole movie they were basically being like you know you know if you guys think the Luftwaffe are bad like yeah you know, exactly just, wait, just till... wait till you run into the ss, the SS. yeah exactly and i forgot to also mention the kind of the stipulation that for for roger specifically uh this was kind of his final because they knew they i think they told him if he got caught again yeah he, he would be killed yeah but the rest of them weren't good weren't supposed to be killed mm -hmm. if exactly. they got caught um so yeah, that sucks. Um, so should we uh, should we get into kind of our initial thoughts about it? Talk yeah, about I what think, we, I think what we, we should, thought yeah. about what it. What we thought about it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you start her off. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I like this movie. Uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's really interesting to see, like, the, the ingenuity of, like, the, uh, the POWs, like, all the uh, cool things they come up with. Uh, totally. It's uh, it's uh, it's got an interesting setting, uh, you know. Um, I mean, if you like World War Two movies, this is a good one. It is a good one. It's an interesting um, perspective. It's an sure. interesting perspective too, because it's not like you know, there's there's no battles or yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you don't see any of that. It's not like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, right? exactly. It doesn't. Um, no front like, lines or anything like that. Exactly, and then like uh, I think tonally sometimes it's a bit weird yeah well it's, just because it's like absolutely ha 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 yeah totally you know but maybe that's what it was actually like i don't know 
that's kind of um, what I, I had yeah. the same feeling. It kind of st- like... starts off in this kind of really like, uh, yeah. And then it gets really serious. <laughs> exactly. Like it, yeah. it, it totally shifts. And I feel like it, it does it kind of like, um, it does it like purposefully. It yeah. feels like there's this kind of moment where mm-hmm. it starts to really shift. Um, cause I stopped making all these. Well, I think when they find the tunnel, basically, I think yeah. that's when it, when, when the, when the lift off, I find the tunnel. I yeah. think that's where it starts to, like, get a little bit more serious. Yeah, get, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, so also, like, I I think it's, it's, it's a little bit long. Like, mm, it, it could hours. be tighter. You could, I think you could take hours. 20 minutes off that movie. Yeah, absolutely, 20 minutes easily. And then where would you shave them off? Sort of the early middle. <laughs> yeah, I probably, yeah, because you, ha- you need that first exposition exactly i think the exposition could have really been tightened up yeah um because yeah it well i think there's a lot of characters that you have to get introduced to because i think maybe you could have removed one or two of them and yeah. it still probably would have been like good good yeah well they they did commit they've got all these kind of duo relationships yeah i like that that they kind of paired people up that was good yeah and they but they like and they fully committed and like for better for worse for their length you you, i guess you have to kind of respect they committed to the like uh they ever they showed every aspect of every storyline exactly so yeah they showed every person escaping mm-hmm. they showed how they got it's like okay now we're gonna show this person yeah they didn't leave any loose ends exactly yeah there's nothing like you because they introduced a whole lot of things in the movie but like yeah. you know you never think you, you're not thinking at the end of the movie like oh how did that how did that turn absolutely out for that guy or whatever right so it's like all the guys who like you know you care about their yeah. stories get tied up pretty and well they, and they show i mean you... some of them get shot so that's a little unfortunate it's but extremely like, you know, unfortunate but you know that's just way she goes exactly. in, the, in, in the movie that's the way yeah. she goes yeah that's what happens yeah, yeah um, absolutely <laughs> you know when you're trying to run away from the ss you know? yeah, yeah exactly um yeah uh i t- i watched in two sittings it took me two sittings yeah so i i watched uh in one sitting but i like literally as soon as like the end credits rolled i fell asleep because it was <laughs> yeah. just like yeah i would yeah. have had i like i probably would have fallen asleep yeah i mean i started point. a bit late so like i think it was like 2 a.m by the time that i was done but like yeah <laughs> but yeah it's uh i think i think it's a pretty good movie yeah yeah i uh, do do you have anything else you want to add to that um like i basically nothing really besides what uh, i said you, you 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 summed it up i just i did want to say like steve mcqueen you <laughs> looks 40 yeah because i think movie. he says in the uh when he's in the cooler i think he says like i was in college before the war like right? what are you doing i'm in college studying engineering or it's something chemical i think it was chemical engineering i don't know something um, but yeah it was uh, anyway lofty. uh but it's like yeah you look like you're pretty old yeah, yeah. well it was really weird though because they like some i think because although what this is supposed to be 1944 yeah so i guess that could have been three years ago for him because he's an american right yeah, I suppose that's true. Yeah. We don't know how long he's been in the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Jump cut. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, what do you think? Was it worth it? Was it worth the watch? Like, for sitting around for three hours? Yeah, I think so. I meant. I, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point. I meant the, the, the escape. Oh well, that's the question that they pose at the end. Exactly. And like, I think once again to quote, uh, I can't remember the character. Roger. Names. No, not Roger. It was the other guy. The guy who was like the commander. McDonald. Is it McDonald? Sorry. I forget. Let me open the. Uh... Oh right, no, no, McDonald was the was the other guy. Um, the guy with the cane you're talking about. Yes, the British officer. Yeah, he says, "I suppose it's all a matter of your perspective, uh, right?" A matter of perspective, yeah. Yeah, because like he, because like I think like they say this many times in the movie. It's like you know the purpose of the escape is not just to escape; it's to force the enemy to spend <laughs> effort stopping you from yeah, escaping. Exactly, exactly. It's so, but they don't. I think the problem is they don't illustrate that enough 
what the uh yeah because it seems like it's over a bit quickly after they escape yeah they and they don't they, they exactly they don't dedicate enough i mean i guess i guess that's what well, happened I mean, yeah but i just mean they don't dedicate enough like screen time to like the nazis like struggling yeah, to deal around, with yeah. it because like it, the whole point is like okay well uh, they're they're supposed to be holding up the nazis i guess if they want it to keep it kind of you know so by the way i think the commander's name was uh ramsey ramsey he really wasn't as big of a character as they kind of implied he would be at the beginning he's yeah. mostly just there at the beginning and the end yeah um but yeah but i mean yeah i, I found it interesting that he actually doesn't even get to escape no oh, he's he can't he's got his cane he can, yeah exactly you know? Well, I think he was on the list, but he just didn't... Uh, didn't make it? Yeah, well, because they, they, they only got yeah. 70, 70, that 76 one... out of 250 or something. Yeah, it was that one guy, huh? Who, like, yeah. impatient. Yeah, impatient. Well, because it was... Well, I think it was also because it was, like, uh, um, fucking... Uh, what's his name? Uh, Rich, uh, Roger. He was like, uh, well, we got to go before we miss the train or whatever, yeah. right? So it's like, so then he's just like, we'll let the other guys figure it out. And then they did. They did not figure it out very well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, yeah. Those are initial thoughts. Should we talk about the basic facts then, I guess? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think we should. So, uh, <laughs> directed by John Sturgis, who is legendary because he directed a bunch of other films um specifically a lot the, of steve mcqueen movies it looks like or yeah a couple yeah yeah um i think like the specific ones are the 50s movies the bad day at black rock and uh, gunfight at the okay corral mm -hmm. we also did the magnificent seven yeah classic yeah so um, um a lot of westerns so yeah he's yeah. a western director it's interesting well, um, i think that was a really big genre then <laughs> well in the 50s of course yeah of course. yeah yeah um yeah um, but yeah, then, then you have the screenwriters of James Clavell and, uh, W.R. Burnett or Burnett. I'll go with Burnett. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about them a lot later, actually. Mm -hmm. They're very important because they're extremely interesting characters. And we've mentioned one of them before briefly, but we'll... Have we? Clavell? We'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll get into it. Um. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think we'll find out. Um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, it'll, yeah, it'll, I, I think I saw something. Yeah, it'll reveal itself. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, do you want to go through the cast and kind of just let's go through the cast and the characters? Yeah, because there's, there's so many again, fucking like, people. This, this is like movie. a thing that they did, like at the time. I mean, they, I don't think they do it that often now to have such a huge ensemble cast because like it's just way too fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah. You just gotta, there's not a lot of movies that do that these days. Yeah, uh, exactly. Although. Yeah. We did one that had a pretty good ensemble cast, Knives Out. Yeah, well, yeah. they do occasionally. Yeah. There's kind of these, like, you know, auteur directors fucking... Well, yeah, I think I think when you can get people... I think the only way you can do script. it is to get people to want to do it without having to get paid a ton of money. Yeah, exactly. Like, but, I mean, you had a bunch of guys that were, like, like really big actors. And, like, uh, like Steve McQueen, James Garner, Richard Attenborough. Charles fucking Bronson. Charles Bronson uh, and played then, the Polish Danny. Uh, yeah, Donald Pleasance. Uh, oh, God, his storyline was so sad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. Good Lord. Yeah. Because they were 20 minutes away from Switzerland. I know. They were so close. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. So sad. I knew it. What? Uh, I was trying to figure. Oh, no, wait. No, never mind. I was wrong. I was trying to see like uh, if R Charles Bronson was actually Polish because I thought he was, but no. Uh, apparently, uh, he's he's of Lithuanian descent. Oh, interesting. Which is very close to Poland, it's a but similar not quite. region. But yeah, yeah. I, like I saw his last name, Charles Dennis Buczynski, and I was like, <laughs> he's probably Polish. No, he's not. Because <laughs> yeah, Charles Bronson actually, Charles Dennis Buczynski. Buczynski, right? Yeah. We've done a Bronson film. What was Have it? We? Oh, it was The Exorcist. Wasn't he in The Exorcist? Was he in The Exorcist? Didn't he make an appearance in The Exorcist, like, three? Okay. Or was he... I swear he, it was one of The Exorcist movies. Um, well, you look that up. No, it wasn't. Charles um, Bronson. Oh! Uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. 
Oh, that's it? That's the only other one? That's the one that we did. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only other one that we did that he's in. Well, yes, I believe so. Well, I mean, that's the one I can think of right now. Yeah, because right. yeah, he was the star of that movie. Yeah, yeah, them, yeah, yeah. Rough film in some capacity. <laughs> um, what was that, episode like eight? Yeah, it was early, I think. Yeah. Um, so the music in this in this movie is kind of with the guy who's basically uh, uh, the director's, like, um, looks like he did The Magnificent Seven as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, he did To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. So, yeah, Elmer Bernstein. Bernstein? Any relation to uh, Leonard Bernstein? Doesn't say anything such as that. Doesn't say any relationship. But he's got, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of accolades. He did True Grit. Okay, cool. Um, Airplane. <laughs> Blues Brothers. Uh, he is Ghostbusters. Not- Ghost he did Bushes. Ghostbusters, really? Yeah. Okay, so I got I got this information about. Yeah. He he was not related to the celebrated composer and conductor Leonard Bernstein, although they were friends. <laughs> Within the world of professional music, they were of distinguished course. from each other by the use of the nicknames Bernstein West for Elmer and Bernstein East for Leonard. That's amazing. Based on their bases of operation, east for New York City and west for Hollywood. That's amazing. So Also, Elmer pronounced his name Bernstein oh. and Leonard was Bernstein. Ah, so very important. Very important, yeah. Bernstein. Yes. He was uh oh, he's So he's... I should I should definitely never call Leonard Burns Bernstein, Bernstein again. No, you should not. Because it's Leonard Bernstein. Okay. It's Bernstein. Remember specifically. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. So he did a lot of shit, clearly. Mm-hmm. He did Ghostbusters, so he's uh, he knows what's up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, I guess let's get into the, uh, the uh, kind of the pre-production area. As we said, the book based on uh, the book by Paul Brickhill or Brickhill. And we'll talk about just kind of that, his background, that background, and then the writers, because they're also kind of extremely interesting and legendary. So mm-hmm. I thought we'd uh, talk about them a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, the actual event, because it's based on a true story. I don't mm-hmm. know if we mentioned that. Um, it is, in fact, based on a true story. On a true story. So um, we're going to save talking about like the basis for that. Uh, until maybe we have a more true <laughs> sort, sort of, of true type thing. Yeah, that true, you might have. a true kind of focus. <laughs> yeah, um, some, yeah, exactly. So we'll save something it. that might not be false. Precisely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll talk about that a bit more next week, maybe. But we'll we'll, we'll glance over the the important details yes. this week. You know. So, just, but basically, what you need to know is that there, in fact, was a escape. That some would describe great. Indeed. In a camp run by the Luftwaffe. Indeed. In World War II. And mm-hmm. 76 people did escape. Indeed. They, there was a tunnel. And there was a tunnel. There were three tunnels. Three tunnels. Um, but and yeah. They were also called Tom, Dick, and Harry. Exactly. But no more given away. Save the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the author was Australian. Okay. Um, he uh, before the war, he was a uh, a journalist. He's... So, so, uh, so the author, he wasn't involved in the escape, right? He was. He was. He okay, was. Yeah. So he, we'll get to it here. So um, he was a journalist, as you can so mm-hmm. perfect kind of position. He worked for the Sun, for the Australian Sun. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was different back then. Yeah, it, it was called a tabloid, but oh, okay, yeah. Know. Anyway, he he had the. For ten years, he had a lot of experience. He was he was basically an editor, sub editor. It said mm-hmm. um, he joined the Air Force in 1941. Mm-hmm. Um, I this is not really relevant to anything. I just put it in. But he trained in Canada. Okay. <laughs> because actually, they share a lot of history facts. I believe facts. a lot of people exactly fun history facts because it wasn't near the war. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So they just yeah exactly yeah. sent the preliminary training in canada and then when they were ready they sent them to the uk mm-hmm. it's basically what happened um so that's what happened and he ba- he became a fighter pilot and he was sent to north africa um in march of 1943 
Um, Seems he, like they just made anybody a fucking fighter pilot. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> less so than in nineteen or in the, in the first World War. In yeah. the first World War, it was like um you want to probably die sure get up there yeah get like, up there exactly it's like <laughs> like literally anyone could do it if yeah. you were brave stu stu brave yeah brave um yeah i'm trying so hard not to like get into more history stuff right now <laughs> why is that no just because like I, I have so many things to just like bring up and i'm like because it's like you know because i was thinking like, oh you mean in this episode you in, try in to episode. avoid the rabbit holes well i mean we'll we'll have a whole section for that right yeah exactly because yeah. i was gonna say like why are they all why are they all in the air force exactly we'll and get the reason is because air force files get shot down exactly then, yeah yeah and he was shot down yeah uh uh what was his fucking name uh brick hill he was shot down in tunisia Tunisia. Um, Tunisia. Well, no, no, sorry, no, no, Tunisia's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, he was shot down and then transferred to the POW camp that was run, as you said, by the Luftwaffe. Yes. Um, it was called Stalag Luft Three. Or Stalag Luft Dry. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Depending, depending, yeah. On, depending on who's referring to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was actually located in Poland. There's a lot of. Yeah. So in the movie, it's in Germany, but in in the in reality yeah. it was in Poland, yeah. Yeah. Um so he he became involved in the escape attempt, much larger escape attempt, mm -hmm. um, just kind of incidentally because he was around. Um and it, initially he was just kind of a lookout guard. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh um later he 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 dug one of the tunnels. He apparently worked on the Tom tunnel. Okay. Um and then developed claustrophobia so he couldn't which I imagine was pretty common. Yeah, like guys well, I mean, I feel like, yeah, if you, if you get caved in all once, like, that's going to uh, traumatize that's, you. Yeah, that's really going to fuck you up a yeah, little bit. And I wonder, exactly. yeah, yeah, it's really going to mess you up. Exactly. Like, that's some of the most tense moments, really, is, like, the... Yeah, yeah. The cave-in sequences. Yeah, I can't imagine that would have been, like, brutal. Uh, like... I would have... I can't imagine crawling through one of those tunnels. No, I that seems just fucking harrowing. Super. Yeah, because I was also thinking like, and then they're like burning like little lanterns in there. It's like, aren't they gonna like suffocate themselves with CO2? Yeah, well, that's why they have the pump, right? Yeah, that's the why they air, have the pump. The yeah, air yeah, pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. which yeah. is like, you know, if you didn't think about that, you just suffocate in the tunnel. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Or probably die of carbon dioxide poison before that, but yeah. 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 So yeah, he. Uh, like I imagine many people did, developed kind of a claustrophobia. So he was reassigned to to uh, just basically a guard for mm -hmm. the the um, the forgers, which oh, is okay. pretty cool. Yeah, because um, they did forge stuff. Yeah, uh, that's was, really impressive. Yeah, <laughs> it is really impressive. Like, where do you get the fucking tools for that shit? We'll get into it. Okay. Um, next. Although week. once again, like nowadays, it's probably way easier with computers and shit. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> like it's. It's a totally different, obviously, yeah. conversation. Um, so he wasn't actually allowed to escape because of his claustrophobia. He wasn't. Oh yeah. He wasn't. Didn't. But he helped in the escape. Yeah. Yeah. I find that so cool. How like even the guys that like weren't in the escape were all like on yeah. board with like you know, like making it happen. Yeah, totally. Well, it's like it's like any prison escape. I know it's not the same as like yeah. as like a uh, a regular prison, but mm -hmm. you know like fucking the alcatraz escapes it's like yeah. like whenever there's an escape attempt and like another prisoner learns about it it's like how can i help because yeah it's like, exactly you know yeah it's uh you know you want to fucking stick it to yeah fucking, exactly yeah the, those in charge so basically the revelation came that 50 people were executed and when everybody found out about that that obviously uh fucked a lot of people up yeah um and him brick hill and another pow named norton they started collecting like little pieces of scrap paper because obviously they weren't allowed to write any anything besides like postcards yeah or like mail for the red cross or whatever um because they wanted to document it they were like we have to write down fucking what's going on what's yeah. going on because they executed 50 people there's escaping yeah. like and obviously everybody like as which you know needless to say that's a war crime but yeah. <laughs> needless to say exactly yeah. um and like yeah and 
everybody who was there, there were all these other like harrowing stories of like uh, escape and whatnot that they just kind of wanted to document. Mm-hmm. Um, so they started collecting like every piece of scrap paper they could, but it had to be like tiny. So they would write as yeah. tiny as they could on like small <laughs> pieces of paper <laughs> to document stuff. Um, but yeah, eventually, obviously, the war ends. Um, they get out. Um, and him and Norton, uh, Brickle and Norton, they, they co-wrote a book. It's kind of a series of stories called Escape to Danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's published in 1946. And it includes The Great Escape in kind of a shorter, uh, condensed form. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got a bunch of other stories. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it. I think it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, apparently, and it was written on those little tiny... exactly. It was, it was written <laughs> yeah. in like, and I'm, I mean, edited. I'm sure just the notes, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in 1949, uh, Brickell was a was he was approached by a guy named John Nemi, who was apparently the head of the historical record branch of the Royal Air Force, mm-hmm. um, and basically he wanted him. It's kind of confusing. Like they were like come and come to because he was in australia he was like come to the uk and uh uh you know there's this kind of some of the guys who are in the camp that you were in there's this pow there's a squadron that did a bunch of cool stuff come yeah come write about them basically mm-hmm. and he was like obviously Brickhill was like yeah fucking damn right um pay me to come over there yeah. and do it and they were like, here's the thing. What? We can't guarantee that it's going to get published. Oh, okay. And we, they didn't, clearly they didn't offer him enough money uh-huh. otherwise to relocate to do it. So that kind of fell apart. Right. But yeah, so eventually, though, he publishes the book. The Great Escape. Right. In, in so the, I assume the reason why they probably didn't want to publish it was like, or they may or may not publish it was for like, reasons of classifiedness yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah they didn't want to guarantee like maybe they would have like but yeah maybe they would have but it would have to be clear like uh yeah information security yeah so yeah no guarantees yeah so eventually the great escape published in 1950 and quickly 1951 i did not know this I, i i i'm gonna try and find it uh in 1951 nbc produced a uh a special based on the Great Escape book, um, sixty-minute special. Uh, apparently, the special effects were pretty good. Oh yeah, I was reading that it said like they did like the tunnel effects were really good for. I I imagine. So is this actually a like uh, dramatization or is it like almost like a documentary? I think it was a dramatization. Okay, so that might be interesting to see like a really condensed version of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's what I thought. That's why I want to try and try and track it down. I'm yeah, sure definitely. It might exist somewhere. But yes, but apparently he also ended up writing that the book about um, that squadron that that the they was you know approached. But it, it wasn't for the RAF. Yeah, it was for a different publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically, this one publisher had put the RAF in touch with him. Right, and then a couple of years later, they were like, "Okay, well, let's just let's just us do it. Let's yeah, just us exactly. write that book." Um, and it quickly uh, got made into a film. I believe the book came out in 1954 or something, mm-hmm. and then the movie uh, came out in 1955, and it's called Dam Busters. Um, yeah, I've actually never seen that movie, but I have heard of it many times. <laughs> it is a popular or yes. yeah, a well-known film. I, uh, I, I also have not seen it. it. Probably. Yeah, I have not seen it, um, but it it's, looks pretty epic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's called an epic war film. <laughs> yeah, a good, uh, good genre. Yeah. It's like this movie. Exactly. So it's about yeah, it's about the uh, the RAF's six seventeen squadron. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, that kind of puts him, you know, in the the. Uh, the eye of the Hollywood uh, folks, because I think he tried to sell a couple other movies. He did get another book written. I know this was obviously his most successful book, I think. Mm -hmm. 
1963, the rights to The Great Escape were purchased by uh, the Mersch Brothers. Okay. Who was like a production company who, you know, you know, famous production company of old Hollywood fame, you know. Yeah. And they get United Artists to adapt it. Mm-hmm. So this is where we kind of switch away from uh, the, the, the author, Brickhill. Mm-hmm. He's kind of leaves the story at this point. Because United Artists hires James Clavell and W.R. Burnett to write the, uh, okay. the script. And so James Clavell, if I recall correctly, was the guy who wrote The Fly, right, initially? He, yeah. he wrote the the original fly movie that the yeah. fly reboot was based off of right but which in turn was originally based on a book yes which he did not write he did not write the book yeah. he adapted it was james langley or something right. like yeah, that yeah, yeah. but um, uh so james clavell wrote the original movie with vincent price exactly yeah okay. so that's cool <laughs> yeah that's super cool um he has a super interesting story. I don't think we touched upon it last time we talked about him. Um, if we did, it was only extremely briefly. But mm-hmm. he was in the the Royal Ar- Artillery. Oh, okay. um, he joined in 1940, and he was a, sent to the Eastern Front in 1941. Um, his sh- apparently on the way, his ship sank, um, and even though it sank, he like that he got the rescue the the commander of his platoon. Uh, apparently got the the rescuer to like drop him off at the nearest port mm-hmm. so that they could like get back into action even though he said they had like no weapons or anything yeah so he called his commander a complete twit was the quote uh-huh so eventually he gets he ends up uh in a pow camp okay um and there's actually this is james clavell james clavell yeah yeah he gets in 1942, he, he ends up in a, in a prison camp, and he has a, an interesting quote about it, if you want to read that. Yeah, he says, uh, Changi became my university instead of my prison camp. Among the inmates there were experts in all walks of life, the high and the low roads. I studied and absorbed everything I could, from physics to counterfeiting. But m- most of all, I learned the art of surviving, uh, the most important course of all. So, yeah, I, I think I, uh, I made a mistake when you said the Eastern Front. Uh I think it's actually the, he was actually in the Pacific, because the Eastern Front usually refers to like Russia. Oh yeah, right, right. So, so yeah, he, he was, was in the Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, and my yeah. Bad, from my what bad. I understand, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, the uh, the prisoner camps run by the Japanese were a lot worse than oh, the runs run by yeah. the Germans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no that that was a probably a fucking brutal ordeal. Yeah, it was apparently extremely brutal ordeal. He, in the same interview, he apparently said, like, if nukes weren't used to liberate him, he would not have survived the war due to the conditions of the camp. That's just what he says. So that's obviously an intense statement. Yeah. Um, But that's just how he feels about it. Yeah. So that just speaks to the conditions, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So, yeah, from everything I I understand, it's like, yeah, no, like... Yeah, like... POW camps in the Pacific were absolutely yeah. If you've like, seen the images yeah. of the of the POWs that came back, yeah, it, they're pretty. It's pretty horrific. But yeah, um, he was there. He got liberated, thankfully, mm. and he was actually in the in the um, military till 1946 when he got. Oh, the, so he went back to the military. Yeah, which is crazy to me. Yeah. But you know, good for good for you. I guess you you wanted you got motivation. Yeah. But it, his career was ended in a motorcycle accident. Um much like Steve McQueen. Yeah. Not like the actor Steve McQueen. Although was he in an accident? I, I'm sure he's been in an accident before given on how given how much he Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, like... I meant the character he was playing in this film, but yeah, yeah, not Steve McQueen act, actor. Uh, yes, um, so, uh... Yeah, 1959 is when he adapted The Fly. Um, because he started screenwriting shortly after the, uh, the motorcycle incident. He was like, okay, I gotta do something else now. Exactly, and yeah. And just fucking started screenwriting. It yeah, seems like a much less period, dangerous thing to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So then, uh, we have, you have the other guy, uh, Burnett who he also has kind of an interesting story, less, like, action-filled. 
mm-hmm. but he worked as a as a clerk in a seedy hotel mm-hmm. apparently and he like brushed uh elbows with a lot of you know questionable folks in chicago's mm-hmm. underground scene in like the 30s and uh, or 20s and 30s you know al capone yeah. era chicago um and he eventually wrote a novel called little caesar mm-hmm. in 1929 and you know the film nuts among us will be familiar with that mm-hmm. as a film that came out in 1931 it's a very early gangster film some call it the first I don't know about that, though. I'm not going to make that yeah. claim. Um, but it, I have not seen it. Have you? No, I have not, actually. I'm gonna, I, it, it sounds pretty interesting. So I'm many movies I got to fucking watch. I know, I yeah. know. The list is just unbelievably long. <laughs> yeah. Like, how am I going to watch any new movies? I know, exactly. I got like they two. already made so many fucking movies. I know, they've made so many. I'm never yeah. going to have time to watch them all. Yeah. Isn't that kind of a depressing fact that you, when you think about it? I'll never watch. You'll never be able to watch every movie. You won't have enough. There's just not enough time. We most movies. Unless you watch many movies at once. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, I've seen so many bad movies too. Yeah, I know. Like... I know. Just imagine all the good movies that you could have seen. <laughs> that I could have seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, that's just, that's a horrible rabbit hole to go down. It's like. Because yeah. <laughs> just, just pick your movies. Yeah. Well. Uh, there was a period for like almost a year where i watched a movie a day that's sick yeah Yeah. that's like that's a good habit i i was but there's no way i could do that nowadays don't have the time yeah i i I was unemployed when i was doing it (laughs) oh yeah well there you go uh, (laughs) yeah it makes sense (laughs) yeah for most of that part yeah yeah most of that time yeah 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 i did that a little bit in 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 high school i was watching Mm -hmm. like a film a day for a while but anyway interesting fact about uh burnett he apparently also wrote the film that the book that (laughs) die hard was based on was based on does that make sense okay so you're saying the book that die hard was based on was also based on a movie yeah, we talked about this in our Die Hard episode. If yeah, you want sorry, more information, we, you can yeah. go back and listen to it. But I, I was actually, I was writing an article the other day, and I, oh, had, yeah? to, I had to look it up. Um, and it was, so, it was a, fuck, what was it? It was a book. Uh, the movie was based off of a book. Yeah. Which was based off of a movie. Yeah. Which was based off of two books. Okay. And which one of these had Frank Sinatra in it? The movie. <laughs> earlier movie right tower fires fire oh, the towering inferno or something tower like inferno yeah all oh, right because i remember they said the movie that was based on two books yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the towering yeah it because they, they took two burning building movies and sandwiched and them it's like one. we'll just mash those <laughs> yeah, together exactly yeah, yeah, yeah um so yeah he he wrote that <laughs> that film <laughs> okay okay <laughs> We need so, like a diagram. I, I know you really do for that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but yeah. So that's a uh, interesting old Hollywood stuff. Yeah. Um. Before we move on, I wanted to kind of look at the cast because I didn't really get into that. We didn't really do that. No, we didn't. We didn't get fully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought we should look maybe just at the, uh, you know, who played. Who played who? Who? Yeah, definitely. So I mean, we got Steve McQueen. Obviously, as yes. Captain Hiltz. Yes. Uh, do you do you want to say a word about him? <laughs> uh, yeah, he was good in this movie. Yeah, I mean, this, this is classic Steve McQueen, you know. Yeah, totally. Riding some motorcycles, you know, being cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, James Garner, who, uh, you know, he's been in a bunch of crap. <laughs> who, who was he? Who was he? He was a scrounger. Yes. He yeah. Apparently, he was in the RAF. Oh, he was an American serving in the RAF. Yeah. Um, he and he actually was a scrounger apparently. Really? He was at, so that's kind of interesting. The actor. The actor was it or no? He was in he was in Korea. He was in World War Two, but he was in Korea. Okay. And he was a scrounger. Interesting. Apparently, uh, whatever that was. He also in a, in a VW camp. I think so. I think so. Jeez, that must have been rough. Yeah. I mean, what could be worse than a Japanese POW camp in North Korea? Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Um, we mentioned Richard Attenborough. Yes. Um, but he's great in this movie. I really, really. Yeah, he's really great in this movie. Really like him in um, this movie. 
the scar on his face that's that's makeup right yeah 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 it it kind of it kind of looked almost like it was real yeah it did it looked rough at some some scenes it looked like almost like purple it looked like yeah i know it was gross very unpleasant yeah like i think like oftentimes like i think uh a subtle makeup is like often more effective than if you do like like even with like kind of the low-tech makeup techniques they had at the time like it's often more effective to do something subtle like they did in the movie than to like you know put like a big like fucking (laughs) game yeah exactly rubber like yeah on his face right absolutely um you mentioned charles bronson yeah yeah another uh, another fucking titan here uh who played uh danny the tunnel king <laughs> yeah uh yeah so he, he had a really interesting character yeah I his thought. character was fantastic the uh claustrophobic um, the claustrophobic king. polish uh pilot who flew in the raf yeah um like what if... who also dug tunnels yeah yeah, he, he like hated to dig tunnels, but he dug for freedom. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He, he needed to get out. Yeah. Um. So then Donald Pleasance. Did we mention his the actor? Well, I think we mentioned that he was. In besides it. the fact that he was in Halloween as well. Yeah. And right. uh, and he was also in uh, Escape from New York. Earlier. Yeah, right. That's right. And he was in uh, You Only Live Twice, uh, James Bond movie as as Blofeld. Oh yeah, well he's yeah. he comes up a lot actually. I feel like I've seen yeah, him in he, a lot of things. Yeah, he's in a lot of crap. Yeah, I mean not bad movies, just as stuff. In crap, a yeah, lot yeah, of stuff. yeah, not. Yeah. I mean I'm sure he's also been in some crap movies. Yeah, I'm like... sure he's well. He's been the point is he's been in a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the character of Captain Ramsey. Yes. Um, but the actor is James Donald. And so but... yeah, he was in Bridge on the River Kwai actually. Oh, was he? Yeah, which is a movie that is very similar to this movie in a lot of ways. Oh, so funny. if you've never seen that movie, it's a movie that's like partially set in a Japanese POW camp, and uh, basically Alec Guinness is in the fucking hot box. Who? T- Alec Guinness. Who? Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh right. Yeah, he's in the uh, or uh, Prince Faisal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's in, he's basically the entire movie is him being fucking thrown into a hot box. Yikes! And then <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> a couple times, and yeah. then like the Japanese guy is like, "You are English. Uh, you like." Uh, Johnny Walker and roast beef and then he brings like he brings him out of the hot box and he's like and he brings him like this roast beef and whiskey and he's like you know you just you just cooperate with me and you could be like <laughs> I don't remember that no it's a great scene and he's like just cooperate with me and, and you know we could get along that's otherwise it's back in the fucking hot box <laughs> with you and roast beef and that's, that's, yeah. that's that, I mean that makes sense keep you in a fucking horrible place and then immediately offer like yeah exactly and then it's like you know if if you uh (laughs) yeah Yeah. um james donald hilarious here just it says he specialized in playing authority figures yeah (laughs) that's funny yeah that makes sense yeah and then uh like a lot of the guys who like uh played like you know the nazis in the movie like yeah i was let's see if i can find a good example but a lot of them were just like they seem to have spent their entire career playing Nazis. <laughs> I think there were a lot of guys in that era who got kind of pigeonholed as Nazis. Yeah. Guys who were good at German. Uh, there was an, one other guy who was uh, one other actor who was in a in a POW camp mm. at one point. I'm trying to see if I, I can. Yeah. See. Oh, I was just looking uh, through the cast here, and I was like, uh, I just want to talk about the character of Werner, who I thought was an interesting character in the movie. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was interesting, because uh, from what I understand, like, uh, they actually toned down how cooperative the German guards were right. in the movie, because in reality, apparently a lot of them were, like, you know, pretty anti-Nazi, and they helped a lot yeah. of the prisoners escape. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's kind of so, hard to keep that all Exactly. So uh, Especially, like, a yeah, POW yeah. camp. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I thought Werner was an interesting character and oddly, like, comic relief at some points. Yeah, well, that's the <laughs> thing about the, the weird tone shifts yeah. that this movie didn't necessarily always navigate uh, perfectly. Um, have you ever seen the, the TV show Hogan's Heroes? Um, 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's almost like it's almost this movie, but like an entirely a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't point that thing at me. All right, we got, we got a worst accent this time because there's some accents. So I'm gonna say it's the guy that uh, gets caught, and he's like speaking perfect German, and then he's like, "Good luck." And then he's like, oh, thank you, mate. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's that. I mean, yeah. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> that was the most detrimentally worst accent. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. But um, I, there were also some pretty bad actor German accents. In yeah, there. well, a lot of these guys were actually German. Yeah, I know. They, they, they were, but there were also some guards, I think, that weren't yeah, German. Uh, but uh, there was a lot of languages spoken that weren't their own but you know they did pretty pretty good accents yeah. really what do like, you think of charles bronson's polish accent it wasn't great yeah i mean that's probably the truly the worst accent yeah. don't point that thing at me just because there was so much of it yeah exactly and it's i mean i don't really know what a polish accent sounds like to be honest yeah like I mean, i'm not saying i could do a better one <laughs> no exactly exactly so i it's Maybe it Who was knows? good. Maybe it's flawless, but I don't know. It kind of sounded like he was doing some vague Eastern European yeah, exactly. thing. Yeah. So I don't know. So yeah, what do you think? Worst accent? Who wins? Uh, okay, let me just see if I could. What's the character again? Was James Coburn the actor? Who's t- yeah? So it was uh, Sedgwick. Sedgwick. Yeah, who was the character? I believe who said like. Good luck, thank well, you. Well, he, well, who, the German guy said, good luck. And then <laughs> he was like, like yeah. oh, yeah. Well, oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. you fool. Yeah, he's like, yeah. You're so close. Because, yeah, the joke is that that was the second time that it happened, too. Yeah. Because it, it was, he literally tested him by saying something in English. Yeah, 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 exactly. So if you're ever a spy, just pretend not to know the language that you actually speak. Exactly. Don't speak your own language. Don't yeah. You don't know it. Exactly. Don't respond to it. Don't respond if you're to ever it. a spy, although I don't know if we should be as a podcast giving information to would-be spies. Would-be spies? Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, only with good intentions. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's that's the worst accent. Um, yeah. If you're if you're a mole in the Kremlin, I don't want to give you away. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing fucking Keep doing the, whatever the, you're the doing. good the good work. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think we've got one last segment for All you right. here. I think it's going to be a good one. All right. Hello, and welcome to Six Degrees of Star Trek. This is the segment in which we... uh, talk about the connections between this film and star trek yeah you did this one on the fly i did this one right before we started the episode because i you know forgot to do it earlier well Um, you know we did a lot of stuff's going on we're in the studio there's a lot of studio stuff going on exactly stuff's going on stuff's happening stuff's happening we have stickers by the way yeah we have stickers now uh yeah we will have those up so you can buy them at some point at some point yeah Yeah. yeah, that's on the list of to do exactly um yeah so What do you think? Do you think there's a lot of connections, or do you think there's not many? I mean, most of the connections I feel like would have to be to TOS. So uh, yeah, uh, well, we'll find out if they are or not. So there could I, be some surprises. I, don't I know. mean, there could like some of those guys, some of those actors could have done some Trek older, but I think it's going to be mostly TOS is my okay. feeling. So I have three connections. Okay, as always. Yeah, and all of them are direct. Holy shit. All direct connections. So this means all these three people who I'm going to mention have been in Star Trek and in this movie. Holy shit. What, who, oh my gosh. Okay, three direct connections. Who are they? Okay, what are so, they connected to? Let's start with Judd Taylor. Okay. Who plays Goff, who is like basically the third American guy who right, doesn't yeah. really have that much to do. Yeah. Um, and he actually was a director of a couple episodes of Star Trek, the original series. No shit. He's a director? Yes, he directed five episodes. That's amazing. Of Star Trek, the original series. Starting with The Paradise Syndrome in 1968, 
the wink of an eye. Let that be your last battlefield, which is very, very good episode. Which one's that? Let me. Let it's that... the one with the the guy who's black on one side and white on the other, and oh, the other guy yeah, who's yeah, white yeah, on one yeah, side yeah, and black yeah, on right, the other. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was uh, the Mark of Gideon and the Cloudminders. So five whole episodes of Star Trek TOS. Wow! Holy shit! Yeah, that's yeah. cool as hell. Yeah. All right. So we have also we have uh, the character of uh, Haynes, who. Uh, he was basically one of the guys who escaped. I can't really say that much about him, right? Except he was he w- he was escaping while wearing a Nazi uniform. That was his disguise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You remember that guy? Yeah, I remember that guy. So he was played by Lawrence Montaigne, who has been in two episodes of Star Trek: The Original Series. Fuck yeah, Lawrence Montaigne. Okay, what episodes? What is who is he? So, um, one second. Cause I, when the first thing I thought, I, he looks like a Vulcan. Like he, he lo- is. Is he? So he was Stan in the episode Amok Time, <laughs> which is yeah. a famous episode. Cause it's the one. Oh yeah, right. Where yeah, Spock yeah. and Kirk fight. That ah, <laughs> that is a good episode. Yeah. It's it's the one that this this sound effect is from. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. And so the other one, you said he looked like a Vulcan. Yeah. But in fact, in the other one, he's a Romulan. Oh, well, close, close. He plays Decius in the episode Balance of Terror. Yeah, he does look kind of like a a Vulcan with edge. So, you know. Exactly. Romulan. Yeah. So there you go. That's two direct connections. It says here he had also been considered for the role of Spock. Interesting. I can see that. As Nimoy was being considered on Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. Nimoy was actually on Mission Impossible. Oh, well, there you go. But it, it didn't overlap. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, as far as I know, it didn't overlap. Cool. Um, All right. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, and so, okay, the last connection here okay. is, you know, prolific stuntman, Lauren Janes. Lauren Janes? Okay. He's a stuntman. Yes. Does it... I wonder what stunts. Well, uh, I believe he was Steve McQueen's stunt double. Oh, man. So... So, which makes me think he rode the bike at the end. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. Because from, from what I understand, all the stunts in the movie, Steve McQueen did, or at least on the bike, yeah. were all done by Steve McQueen. Except yeah. for the last jump over the fence. Yeah. Well, and... Which be- was probably the hardest in both yeah yeah, yeah but it was i mean there was still some like there was that scene where he was like riding over the grass and he like it comes past the screen so you can tell it you can tell driving. steve mcqueen so like, um which is a great shot by the way yeah, that whole absolutely. sequence is awesome but um that wasn't that was pretty hard terrain to motorcycle to like ride a motorcycle over i imagine it was pretty bumpy yeah no 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 I'd, like we all know steve mcqueen knows how to fucking ride a yeah, motorcycle. yeah yeah uh, <laughs> However, so so that's that's who he was in the Great Escape. Okay, he was Steve McQueen from behind, <laughs> <laughs> and in Star Trek, he was Shatner from behind <laughs> in the episode Charlie X. Charlie, which episode is that? Um, what kind of stunts are in that one? It was the one with uh, that like kid who like you know was like psychic. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a weird episode. And then he was also a son double of some guy in the episode I Mud. So what? I'm trying to remember. I just want to remember uh, what kind of action happens in that. In Charlie X. Yeah. Um. There's probably a fight. Oh, there's Kirk. that whole bit where Kirk. where Kirk is trying to teach like fucking yeah, judo yeah. to like. <laughs> The kid, yeah, yeah, which is like so hilarious because it's just like Kirk's like, yeah, yeah, yo, let me show you how to flip a guy. Yo, come over here. (laughs) He fucking flips flips a guy. (laughs) He's like, yeah, yeah, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Let me show you how to how to be cool like me. Like you get over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Kirk showing off is like, oh my god, such a great scene. (laughs) Yeah, excellent stuff. Hilarious, but um, yeah, so he was in that episode. 
He might have been in that very scene. Who knows? Yeah. It um, might have been him. He flipped. He might have been doing the flip. Yeah. And then iMud was uh, the other episode, which is also a classic. Which one's that? Uh, it's the one with the robots and Harry Mud. <laughs> yeah, right. Harry Mud. It's the one where the like. <laughs> it's the one where like they fucking dance, like fucking weirdos to drive the robots crazy. Oh yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah yeah. I'm like yeah. I'm looking over the the plot line here. Yeah, yeah. it's very. And so he says he was the stunt double for Richard Catro, um, who played Norman in that episode. I'm not exactly sure who Norman is. Yeah, he might have been one of the robots. I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. But yeah, that's three connections, all direct. I'm pretty happy with that one. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that's uh, and they were all to T uh, TOS. They were all TOS, as you, as you, as you. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's really pr not hard to guess that. Well, you know, you never know. A lot of those guys worked for, like, a really long time. Yeah, but that's the safe bet, is TOS, yeah, it's for sure. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, there could have been a curveball, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so, like, as you might have expected, none of the main cast. All, like, secondary guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never seen Steve McQueen in a Star Trek episode. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Not that I can think of, at least. No. <laughs> he should have been on Voyager. Was he? When did he? No, he he died, died in the yeah, right. 70s. Yeah, he was in the 80s of some kind of horrible disease. Uh, Steve McQueen died in 1980. Yeah, of bad things. <laughs> Age 50. Apparently, a liver tumor or something like that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, that's really rough. But yeah, so that's I think pretty much everything we have for this week. Because there's, there's a lot more, obviously. Yeah. We've barely scratched the surface. Because mm -hmm. next week's going to be... We, d we, d we spent a lot of this week talking, kind of just actually talking about the movie. Like, you know, what yeah. happens and who's in it. I think there's so... Like, and how long have we gone for? Just over an hour. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like... I feel like I could talk a lot. But like... Yeah. I feel like I just really want to talk about the actual event. I ah, exactly. Which is like, totally, you know, totally. what everybody wants... Well, I hope everybody wants to hear about it. Yeah. You're going to get yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to get gonna it. You're going to fucking hear it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't want to hear about that, yeah, maybe skip next week. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's, 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 yeah. Yeah. The focus of some, some things. But yeah, so, um, we're going to, we're going to be back next week. As Jake said, we've got, we've got stickers. Yeah, we got stickers. Uh, coming. I don't know. We're trying to, we're, I don't know if we have anything else, you know. In the, in the pipeline? In the pipeline, you know. Um, if you wanted to help us out, you could rate us. Five stars and subscribe. Anything works, I think. Uh, yeah, so uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks for the Dutch for tuning in again. <laughs> oh, the Dutch tuned in again. They huh? did, yes. <laughs> I'm glad they did that. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. See you next week. All right. Peace out.